Most store owners think of returns, refunds, and exchanges as a necessary evil, but it doesn't have to be that way. If done well, they could be a huge conversion trigger for your customers. Did you know that 91% of shoppers say they consider a store's return policy before placing an order? That's kind of crazy. So why do you hate it? Because it's a time-consuming pain, right? Plus they're a potential customer service nightmare. Well, not anymore. Bold makes a great app for managing the entire returns process. It's called the Bold Returns Manager, and it gives your customers a portal where they can submit returns, track them through the process, and it gives you a portal where you can review, approve, decline, and manage everything about them. You create all your policies that you want to allow, whether it's returns or exchanges, credits, whatever, and then apply it to what product should have that policy, and you're set. It's got a great backend for managing all the returns, making notes in them, and statuses that automatically keep your customers updated along the way. So stores are always trying to find better ways to compete, more than just on price. And a solid return policy and a smooth way to implement it is a great alternative to competing on price. Especially if you're in fashion and apparel, you know returns are such a big factor. So the Bold Returns Manager app has thought of everything, and if you're ready to take your returns to the next level, you need to try it. You can try it out for free for two months by heading to ethercycle.com bold. That's ethercycle.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines. And it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability. And it's no wonder. SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, and today we're talking about making more money. But how? Well, we're going we're gonna to talk about getting your customers, getting your brand advocates to sell for you. Well, that sounds pretty cool. That's the dream. Everybody wants that, especially if you're trying to live that, that quintessential entrepreneur uh, dream of, I sit on the beach and money just rolls into my bank account, right? You need to have... Um, these passive systems in place to enable that. But it will not happen by magic, and it will not happen without work. Turns out all of these these overnight success businesses were not overnight successes. You just didn't see all the, the weeks, months, years of work leading up to it. And one great way to achieve this is with uh, customer affiliate programs, referral programs, um, those things that incentivize people that pay them out for promoting your brand. And there's a bunch of, we've heard of uh, a whole bunch of uh, services, apps, pieces of software that will do this for you, add this functionality to your store. And right now you live in a golden age. You are spoiled for choice. There is a whole bunch of good ones. Uh, to, off the top of my head, Referral Candy, Smile.io, uh, Loyalty Lion. And for 20 years, one has existed that works perfectly with Shopify, though obviously predates Shopify, and that's OSI Affiliate Software. It is affiliate software, as the name would imply, Omnistar Affiliate Software. And joining us from OSI to teach us about how to make these affiliate programs work for your business is Arlen Robinson. And he's got 20 years of experience managing and running various aspects of OSI Affiliate Software, and he even hosts a weekly podcast. Uh, a man after my own heart. It's called uh, was that e-commerce marketing podcast in which he interviews a marketing expert about a successful e-commerce marketing strategy. And you can find yours truly on there in a, an episode soon. Arlen, thank you for joining us. 
Well, thank you, Kurt. I appreciate that great introduction and the you know intro into this particular subject. Uh, that is truly awesome, and um, it really is hard to believe I've been at this for about twenty years. It's <laughs> crazy. Seem, yeah, it doesn't seem like it, but uh, you know, it's been a whirlwind, and I, I have a great time doing it and and helping businesses. And you know, as you mentioned, of course. In the introduction, uh, OSI Affiliate Software, we have an affiliate software referral platform, allows any business to set up their own affiliate and referral software. We are a Shopify app as well, featured in the Shopify app store. And one of the things that we really always get asked from our customers is, you know, they get they get a various, whether they're using our software or where I'm talking to a business owner that's using some other type of referral platform, the number one question that we we are you know we're typically asked is you know how do we get people to promote our brand you know we've got a referral program how do we get the best advocates and so that's kind of I know what we we're going to be talking about today that's really the number one question uh, on most people's minds now one of the main ways to do that is is really trying to identify those right people well you know, let's it, back up we haven't even. Let's define – let's take the 10,000-foot view and give people a, a good a starting point here if they're not familiar. Number sure. one, when we talk about um, – we say uh, referral program um, or affiliate program, what do we mean? What are we talking about? Sure. So thanks a lot for um, that so I can clarify. As far as an affiliate program, there's really a, a just one major difference between an affiliate and a referral program. A referral program is a referral program where – you're incentivizing your customers that have used your product or services. You're incentivizing them to refer others, to refer their friends or their family to your product or service and, you know, giving them some type of commission or reward. An affiliate program is the same thing, but affiliates are people that are not necessarily your customers. These are people that may have never used your product or services, but they are advocates of their of your brand because they want to get a commission. They're either a, a professional affiliate marketer out there promoting different brands or, you know, they just happen to be an advocate and support what you do. Don't necessarily use it internally, but they want to get an incentive. So that's that's what an affiliate and referral program is. Uh, and so that's um, that's really the difference. Uh, and then to confuse matters further, what, uh, how does that different? How's that different from a loyalty or rewards program? Good question. And then we get that question a lot. A loyalty rewards program is think of it as, you know, most people that are listening have probably gone to any of the the local fast casual places like a Panera Bread. Uh, a loyalty program. Uh, let's, go, is where you, let's go with Chipotle. That's my favorite okay. fast casual okay. restaurant. Gotcha. Chipotle. So let's say you go to Chipotle and uh, you get one of those reward type cards just as being a customer. Usually the reward cards is free. There's no obligation. And every time you go to that restaurant or that establishment, you earn points towards some type of perk, whether it's a free sandwich, whether it's a, um, you know, a dessert, whatever it is, that's a loyalty program. So what these businesses are doing with the loyalty program, and the same thing goes for those online businesses, you're giving someone points towards, you know, for being a, a loyal customer. So you're just encouraging people to come back to your establishment, whether it's online or offline, and you're giving them a certain amount of points towards a bonus item and that that's that's pretty much what a loyalty program is okay cool all right um now the picking the loyalty program setting it up in your store is not the hard part because there are you have several good options if you pick one you don't like it there's there are others um and installing it at this point you know think we've got things pretty well figured out if, uh in consulting and doing our client work i have gotten to play with several of these um, programs and they're, they're pretty easy to use and set up. But the part I don't often see is anyone actually using them because the like it's you could set it up, but then you have to tell people about it. You have to promote it. So is that the big like is that the, the final step that people are missing? That's that's typically it, you know, spreading the word about it. You know, there's plenty of platforms out there where you can set up an affiliate and referral program and they're really, easy, you know, usually easy to set up and integrate. The next step is, OK, I've got this going. I'm offering a great incentive. How do I get people into it? So you're correct. That's that's really the next logical step. And that's where, unfortunately, a lot of people struggle with 
identifying those people to become those advocates. And that's that. But that is the next step. Okay. So I get my software up and running and then I'm going to look for uh, power, like influencers, power users. Who am I looking for exactly? Well, one of the things that we recommend doing is is dividing it up because there's a lot of people, of course, that you could target to become your brand advocate. Now, the first target, which is always kind of forefront and it should be on the forefront of all businesses, is you immediately want to take advantage of your existing customer base. Now, of course, there are uh, going to be a pool of customers that you have that are going to be those loyal customers. You probably already know those customers that do repeat purchases. You may your support staff or your team may know them by name. They're constantly calling, emailing, purchasing. Those are going to be number one. So you want to isolate those advocates as, you know, those actual customers. Let them know you've got a referral program. This is what they can earn. This is how they promote. This is how they sign up. So that's that's in one bucket. The next group will be influ- can be influencers. And uh, when I okay. And then that's kind of really the, the This the is next the meat and step. potato. This is where people get This is the one that's driven me nuts. I have <laughs> I know this strategy works. I have seen it work for clients to mm-hmm. find influencers and in some way get them to promote, promote your stuff. Um and being able to do that with a uh a ref- an affiliate program is one of the ways I've I've seen it work. You hey, you know, uh, but trying trying to get them interested is the hard part. Trying to identify them is the hard part. I have repeatedly tried to get a guest to come on the show and talk to me about what that process looks like. Even drawing it down to how do you find and talk to an Instagram influencer and what does that mean? So I'm I'm hoping you can unpack this for us. Definitely, this for is sure. my white whale. <laughs> gotcha. And and that's a good question. And I think a lot of people struggle with it. But the first thing that I'll start with doing is is actually just kind of simplifying it these days. Or, or I guess you could say early on in the days of the early days of social media, when people heard influencers, most people even these days, they think of they think of celebrities. You know, they think of the Kim Kardashians. They think of the P. Diddy's. They think of all of those famous celebrity pitch people that are pitching some type of brand online, on TV, what have you. But that is not what all influencers are comprised of. They're not just these celebrities. Uh, An influencer actually is just any person or any group that has a sizable audience in your particular niche. So it doesn't have to be a celebrity, doesn't have to be a well-known person. If they have an audience and your particular niche, then you can consider them an influencer. Now, to to kind of define that even further, you mentioned Instagram. A good rule of thumb or a good starting point is somebody could be considered an influencer, typically if they've got roughly about at least 5,000 followers on Instagram, and I would say between 5,000 and and 20,000 followers on Instagram. So if you've isolated uh, a segment or a particular a person that's in that you know in that particular demographic, then yes, you know they they fit that mold. There's somebody you can approach. They may not be a celebrity. They not be may not be that well known, but they have an audience that you can tap into and you can approach them so as the, far as becoming an uh, an advocate for your brand. So the the mindset shift here for me is when looking for brand advocates, brand influencers, it is r- their audience size is relative really to the niche that you're in. So, mm-hmm. like, I'll use myself an example, right? I've got 2,500 Twitter followers. That is not a lot by any measure. Yet if I mm-hmm. go to a Shopify-specific conference, we'll go to Unite, tons of people will recognize me. Say, hey, Carter, I love your podcast. And it's the coolest thing in the world. But there's mm-hmm. only, like, there's this tiny microcosm of the universe in which I have this influence. Elsewhere, they're just like, oh, it's another beard and jeans white guy, right? Like, it doesn't work <laughs> anymore. <laughs> So, it, yeah, 100%, it's relative. So what I'm hearing is, like, you don't have to feel intimidated. You don't have to be, you know, trying to go after someone with 100,000 followers. If you're going someone in the five to 20,000 range, up to 25,000, it's really going to be far more, um, ideally, more accessible so long as they're, you have that same audience. And I right. saw, is there any way to figure out the audience? I saw an interesting post today on Twitter. Um, someone had said, oh, they've got, you know, like a... 
their example was like, I've got 29-year-old model and she's got 50,000 Instagram followers and she wants to launch a fashion brand and use that audience. And then when they do the audience analysis, her followers were like 90% middle-aged men who are clearly not going to buy clothes from her. So you, gotcha. how do you know – how do you identify uh, these influencers within your niche? Well, there's a couple of things that you can do to do that. Now, you mentioned, you know, that particular demographic and, you know, how do you you could maybe think you've got a good influencer for your niche, but it turns out, you know, they're not really they may have a a large audience, but that audience may not be comprised of your particular demographic. So let's say maybe you're looking for millennial males, you know, um, under 25 or something like that. But yet, you know, you find somebody, but they're demographics is maybe only females or, or primarily females. So, you know, there's a mismatch there. So you could just do your own, you know, due diligence, um, just, you know, kind of doing a little re- online research. It, it That can be done. It, it can take time to kind of, you know, dig through the weeds. And of course, you can just you can ask this person. Usually if somebody is an influencer, they're used to being approached by uh, brands you know, that are going to be promoting. So they're going to have something ready for you. They're, you know, if they're somebody that has their stuff together, they're going to have kind of a breakdown of their demographics. Now, of course, there's a level of trust there. Do you trust that this is is really what it is or are they just blowing smoke, uh, you know, at me? Um, you know, there's, you know, that's uh, something to be said for that. But, you know, you can do your own due diligence and and figure out by looking at their social media profiles and and figuring out, okay, this rings true. It seems like this is, you know, comprised of what they say it is. So that's one route you can go. Another route you can go is, and a lot of people aren't familiar with these, but there are actually influencer outreach services that are out there that can actually do all the due diligence for you and are comprised of like a network of of influencers in various niches. And you can really kind of break down. You can find out, okay, what's their specific You can define the specific demographic you're looking for, the specific audience size that an influencer has, and then put out your uh, posting or pitch. There's several services out there. One of them is called uh, IZEA. That's I-Z-E-A dot com. They provide an influencer marketing outreach service where they have a network of influencers and brands that are looking for these influencers. Another one is Tracker, which is T-R-A-A-C-K-R dot com. Another very similar influencer service and another one is um, openinfluence.com. And those are all similar services where you can create a profile, define what it is or who it is you're looking for, the specific niche. And actually, it works kind of the reverse way. You will be able to be approached by these influencers, uh, you know, that are, are looking to, you know, earn a commission and become advocates of a brand. So that's something that when I tell people about it, they're like, oh, I never knew that it actually existed. But yeah, there, there's, and those are just three services that I mentioned. There's actually many others out there that, that provide that. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, all right. So I've got Open Influence. I've got mm-hmm. Tracker. And then what was the first one? It was IZEA.com. IZEA.com. Okay. Yeah. I have noted it. All three will be in the show notes. So that people can grab that. Uh, okay, so we've got. Well, so we, are we define? I've heard the phrase like we're throwing around the phrase ambassador, brand ambassador, brand influencer, and now we've introduced. Um, sounds like we've introduced the concept of micro influencer, where we're saying like mm. it is relic. They're an influencer within their niche, within their pool, or niche right. for everyone who's not in the U.S. Right. Um, <laughs> what uh, What does does size matter here? Does what are the the ranges? And I know you've mentioned some numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, as far as size is concerned, you know, it, it, of course, it is. Everything is relative, and you know, obviously, most people are going to want to get exposed to an influencer that has, you know, the largest audience, you know, for sure, because that's a larger number of potential customers on on, on their end. But you don't necessarily have to only look at people that have a large quantity of, of, of audience members, because there is something to be said about the, uh, you know, the quality. Um, you, when you're looking at an influencer, it's more than just, okay, there's a person in my particular niche that has a wide audience. Let's say an influence, I'll give you an example. It will be, a, there'll be an influencer that 
is a blogger, for, for instance, or about women's fashions. And maybe he has about, you know, 20,000 email list subscribers. He's got over 10,000 followers on Instagram. He posts a lot of uh, interesting blogs about the latest trends and the various seasonal fashion changes. And, uh, you know, on paper, it looks great. You know, those numbers look outstanding. You know, it's um, I said 20,000 email list subscribers, over 10,000 Instagram followers. That that seems pretty big. So just on paper, you're like, OK, that that seems like a great opportunity. How can I get exposed to that particular advocate? Would he be interested in promoting my particular brand? Now, the one thing that you want to make sure you find out when you're dealing with these influencers is their overall level of engagement. Because, you know, unfortunately, these days there are there's some fraudulent things going on out there. You know, there are people out there that, you know, can do some fraudulent tactics to try to boost up their subscriber numbers, uh, their Instagram followers. And, you know, they do get away with it. What you want to find out is, all right, how often are these people engaging with their audience? And that could be through email um, what are they sending out through email? So sign up for their mailing list or even ask them before you, you engage in something. Can you say, okay, can you send me a, a, a copy of your last three emails that you sent out to your audience? I'm just kind of curious as the content that you send out, um, outside of that, just analyze them on social media. What were the last few posts that they put out? Was it relevant? How many comments are they getting on their posts? Does it seem like their audience is active or, you know, Maybe they're, you know, they're blowing smoke at you and they're just they're posting things. But then you you look back at, let's say, a post from last week, even though on paper they have 10,000 Instagram followers. You look at one of their posts. There may be only one or two comments to that post. So that okay. tells you so that's that our... they don't necessarily have a, an engaged audience that, you know, is, is actively following them. All right. So the trick then, it sounds like the, the trick to verify that it's legitimate that or that the audience is engaged, like whether or not the audience is legit or illegit, we actually, we don't care. What we care about is, are they legitimate and engaged? Exactly. Right? And if they're exactly. engaged, by definition, they're legitimate. Um, correct, the easy correct. way to check that is, uh, engagement is going to be with, with those like comments and replies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. cause even if you have a few hundred followers on Instagram, you would expect you'll get a, you, couple comments um, yeah. here and there on everything where if you had 10,000, all right, there should be a series of comments on everything. Now, whether exactly. or not they're stupid is a different story. Um, <laughs> but that, that is always going to be the case with social media. Right. Um, all right. We have talked and we've talked predominantly about Instagram, but there mm-hmm. are other social networks like YouTube is huge. Yes. Um, and I've not seen it. I've had uh, clients who've picked up uh, influencers on Instagram and done well with it and usually have either like provided free product, um, provided an affiliate and then either like, Hey, here's your free product, like review it and you get free product. Or if it's, you know, they're a higher level influencer, or, um, they'll say, well, here's, or it's a, uh, an inexpensive product. You know, they'll say, Hey, here's the product plus, um, here's an affiliate link and like a, they, to really dialed in to make them look like a superhero to their fans, they give them an exclusive offer. Like they're not just, hey, here's a link to the website. It's this is a, you know, an, an offer they put together for me just for my audience. And I think if you really want to drive it home, you have it like a duplicate your product and have a landing page that mm-hmm. references that person. Like, hey, thanks for, you know, this is like exclusive for this person, you know, for our, our Kim K followers, that kind of thing. Right. Um, so I, I kind of kind of went down a rabbit hole there. <laughs> but we, I think we, what uh, – would you agree with that? What do you think? Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad you mentioned the other platforms like like YouTube, because that's, as you already know today, and, and many of our followers and our listeners that are out there know the, the incredible reach that YouTube has. And so many of the influencers out there that are on YouTube, that's another great opportunity, um, no matter really what type of business that you have, but whether you know you have a product business, service-based business, these influencers... Um, with video, that's that's kind of where you take it to the next level, because the level of engagement that people who have a video platform have is is going to go a lot further than just even, you know, with Instagram where there's just pictures. There is a little bit of video content there, but YouTube is, is specific and you have to think about it for people to sit down and 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 spend 
what let's say five, 10 minutes watching a clip that you put out, they're going to be invested in what you're putting out and they're going to be, you know, pretty loyal. So these are the type of influencers that have people that are, that are really there, that are really loyal to their content, where if you become, where actually if they become a brand advocate, um, it can really go a long way. Um, not, I would say the quality would probably be a lot higher than some of the other social networks just because of the time factor that you have there. Okay. The time that people have to commit to actually watching these videos. I have and, seen this in action. Like mm-hmm. the um but I couldn't figure out why. And I'm so glad you have you have busted it open for me. Uh mm-hmm. another major key here is the the quality of lead prospect traffic generated by an ad or network is going to be relative to how much time they had to invest. So like right. I've got um you know using personal experience as an example, I've got half as many subscribers on YouTube as Twitter. Twitter I don't think generates has probably has never generated a lead for me ever in years and yet here mm-hmm. I am still shouting into it. Um the but YouTube I did uh I committed to I said I want to explore YouTube and I committed to doing a video a week video a week um and i did it for i think close to six months and it a video will get a a few hundred views to a few thousand i think the biggest is like thirteen thousand views and they're Mm -hmm. either like they're screencasts but most of them are me doing a monologue for five to ten minutes in my car okay and the the leads i like that generates leads um several times a week and they are always highly engaged like i saw this video i loved Mm -hmm. it like it really, it, you're right. It because of the investment, and I always picture as like kind of because of the the personal connection. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm myself on video, you get a good sense of who I am. Exactly. Um, that they either decide right away they're like, I don't like that guy because he looks like Big Head from Silicon Valley, and he borrowed someone else's car to look successful. Both of those are real <laughs> comments I got, by the way. Yes. <laughs> or they're like, funny. this dude's the man. Subscribe, email me. Like we get on the phone. I mean, it really is. For such – the percentage of uh, people that get engaged by that is just tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, it, it is – but all right. So really taking it all the way back, this is about your customers, your audience. I would probably say like don't just assume you have to do Instagram to find influencers. Influencers right. exist across multiple networks. Your affiliate program will work anywhere that someone can drop a link or a coupon code, however you've got it set up. Um, and – uh, you want to look start with your customers. What networks right. are they on, and then go from like work backwards into it. I would, R- I would think. Right, exactly. Um, work backwards into it. Find out what networks they're on, and one of the things that you you need to do and realize is that you know it, it's going to take like a little bit of work, just like anything. You're going to have to go through your typical outreach to try to engage these people because okay. you know, of course, just like anything. They're, you know, you're not going to be the only one approaching them. They're going right. to be approached by others because they have that audience. And so you have to be consistent. So w- whatever systems that you have that you can put in place for your follow ups, if you've got your own, you know, your own CRM system that, you know, has maybe the automated follow follow ups or the reminders so that you know that you've got to make a call because, you know, you can't just expect that. OK, you've got it. You found a few influencers. Um, you're just going to go ahead and, and send them a DM, a direct message on Instagram and have them immediately respond back. Nine times out of 10, that's not going to happen on the first, you know, your first try. You're going to have to try a lot of different ways, try to reach them, uh, you know, via email, through direct messages, Twitter, whatever it takes. It's going to contain it's going to take continual uh, outreach. But, you know, if you've got something that attracts them, if you've got a solid offer, you know, they will be responsive, um, you know, because the bottom line is, you know, they want to make money just like you want to make money. So if you've got something that makes sense for them, uh, that will attract them and you'll, you know, you'll be able to get engaged with them. All right. So let's let's do some recapping here. I'm going to start with so I install my get my affiliate program set up on my website. Right. And I I should survey my audience or have some knowledge of, hey, this is where this is my audience's watering hole. This is where they hang out. And maybe mm-hmm. I can even, in a survey, ask them, "Hey, what? Where do you go to learn about X? Like, let's say your your niche is um, drone racing. Like, okay, that's a growing niche, but it's still a, a cottage industry. We'll we'll go with that. You can ask them, "Hey, where do you go to learn about this? Because 
in a niche, there's often a lot of like education and research and community, and that's kind of the fun of it, um, especially like around a hobby. So you could survey your customers. Where are your watering holes? Where are you going to learn about this? Who do you learn from? Where? What are your top channels? And then maybe you can, all right, now I know, all right, if that's where my customers are hanging out, that's where my prospects are hanging out, I can go um, try and try and reach out to those people to get in front of more of my audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I'm there, all right, I'm, I'm looking for ideally micro-influencers, people who are – because. Five to twenty thousand followers may not sound like a lot until you're in a niche, and now it's huge, and it has network effects. Um, and getting in with one will help me get in with others and really get involved with the community. Mm-hmm. All right, that, that... and I want to make sure that we've got engagement so I don't get scammed because mm-hmm. certainly there are bad actors out there. And that's Correct. really as easy as like let's make sure there is comments. Let's like this is an active community. All right, now I need to reach out to these people. How do I get? How do I figure out how to get in touch with them, uh, number one, and how how do I approach them? What, is my, what does my offer look like? What does my initial outreach email look like? How many times do I follow up without being annoying? And like this is – you know, outreach is a whole episode in itself um, mm-hmm. and I could speak to it a little bit. But there, I've got – so I've <laughs> – did I recap it correctly and – yeah, you, de- you definitely you definitely did that. Um, the only other thing that I want to mention is I know we talked a lot about influencers and trying to isolate them, but yeah, as you mentioned, at the it starts really at the beginning and looking at you know those initial customers. But one of the things that I wanted to mention um, with regards to identifying those those people that could be solid advocates is there's a number of ways you can do it. I mean, you want to look across the social platforms with respect to. Customers that mention your brand, you know, and there's then that can be done in a variety of ways, just on, on, on a variety of the different social networks. Who's out there talking about you and what are they saying? Um, the people that are speaking highly of you, you, those are definitely people that you can approach. People that are sharing your posts. If you're active on Twitter, you're active on the other social medias, uh, uh, networks, who's out there actively sharing your posts, whatever you put out. You know, those are people that are going to be behind your brand. Another, you know, category of people that you can approach who's retweeting you and um, consistently speaking highly of your brand. Um, all of those things are, are key signals to help you identify those advocates. And then on generally, what, who are those customers uh, that are asking questions or important questions about, you know, maybe future things that you have going on, um, you know, future products, future services, you know, those are people that are kind of honed in on you already that you don't you want to make sure you don't, you know, look past these people. And then overall, if you've got an act, if you've got a blog, who are those people that are actively commenting on your blog and are, are, are really there, uh, you know, behind everything that you're that you're putting out? So those are I call I those say, people uh, true fans or super exactly. fans. Yeah, it's like, exactly. You know, I've got um, and those are. So I've got uh, for this podcast, we've got a Facebook group, and there's a lot of people who are active in there, and I really enjoy it. But the there are people who, who are clients who are not um, the same people who are very active in this group. It's different. Just because I haven't gotten a dollar from them doesn't mean they're not tremendously valuable to the community, to my business. So we, um, you know, I I love fostering that engagement and getting those discussions going. So you're right. Uh, you want to look at um, – it sounds like you – in addition to this outreach effort to influencers, you want to look at the people who are already engaging with you. Exactly. Exactly. Because those, those are people that are uh, – I guess you could say are already kind of primed to to really take it to the next level. Because you know, if you approach them and saying, oh, you know, we, we really appreciate your, your, your words and your, your encouragement and sharing the – spreading the word – we, we want to go ahead and, you know, incentivize you for doing it. This is what we're offering. And, you know, nine times out of 10, those people are going to jump right on board and, and will probably be, be down as going to be, you know, some of your top advocates. And it could be like it could be over the, the weirdest stuff like um, Tactical Baby Gear who sell mm-hmm. TacticalBabyGear.com. Beef Brody, who's been on the show a couple of times, they sell um, diaper bags primarily that are like very, very masculine. And it's really it, they're practical and they're fun. And I love the brand and mm-hmm. like, yeah, the guy's a client, but I do a ton of stuff to promote it, to go above and beyond with it just because I – so like for whatever reason, it clicked with me and now I'm one of those – I'm one of those evangelists, one of those true fans. Right. Um, so that's the – like if you have people like that, 
in your your audience or tribe. And once you're thinking about and looking for them, like someone should come to mind or you'll be able to recognize it immediately. So now those are the people you want to enable with additional opportunities, it sounds like. Yes, exactly. Because those those people, like you said, in, in your example, you know, if you were approached, you don't you wouldn't you probably wouldn't think twice about it because you're already, like you said, a super fan and you know, taking it to the next level is really just a win-win for both parties. You know, you're, you're already been you've already been evangelizing about his brand. And why wouldn't you continue to do that if you knew you were getting an incentive? Absolutely. Um, OK, so what is that? Let's say I've got. Well, all right. So we'll use, let's say uh, I'm a I'm an influencer. I got, you know, 10,000 YouTube subscribers and I talk about. Uh, well, I talk about Shopify and e-commerce, and this is the mm-hmm. imaginary world in which I have significantly more subscribers than I actually do. You don't know me. We've never met, but you know, oh, I've, we have an overlapping audience. You mm-hmm. can provide something of value to them. How do you approach me? What do you do? Yeah, that's a, a really good question. One of the things that is always a, a rule of thumb, because just like everybody these days, we're, we're so busy. Everyone has got a million things on their plate. They either are busy or they say they are as a status symbol. Either way, everyone's saying they're busy. Yeah, we're all been. Everyone's got time to binge watch Stranger Things. I'm like, how busy are you really? (laughs) Exactly. If you're still watching Netflix like this, you're not that busy. But okay, (laughs) right. That's a very good point. So everybody says they're busy. So the bottom line is, whether they're busy or not, you want to keep the messaging short and and to the point uh, because I think they're going to appreciate that. You want to address them as and what I've always um, seen being, you know, some of the most effective messaging is find something that they've posted in the past or maybe they've talked about a specific item, service or whatever it is and reference that because that's going to, um, I guess you could say, shine out a little bit more than just a, a blanket you know, a, a blanket cold email. Um, so you want to add some some reciprocity to it where it's like, it, OK, it, they've they've put in the effort. They're clearly familiar with me. They've consumed some of my content mm-hmm. and like that. That gets earned some goodwill. It doesn't necessarily mean I owe you anything, but it gets right. some some goodwill in there. Um, and that's like the worst way. You never want to approach it like they owe you something. Right. Um, I agree with that. I see that a lot. But how do you make it look genuine? Like I'll see where it's like, I liked your, and it's just like most recent episode with guest. I particularly enjoyed when you said blah, blah, blah. Like it's very <laughs> right, stilted right. and weird. And it's like, okay, clearly you just look for a thing. Yeah. And, I, and I've gotten emails like that before where there's almost kind of a template and you're, yeah. you know, you may have an assistant that's kind of pu- pulling these things together and cutting and pasting. And that, you know, that, that happens. And, you know, those things they can, and they can't, you know, can't work just depending on who you, you send it out to. But and what kind yeah, of day they're having? Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much. Yeah, but I think the main thing that you want to do is, without being too cheesy, is you want to kind of appeal to what you know they're already looking for. The bottom line is they're looking for an incentive, they're looking for a return. So you want to spit that out right up front. You know, you want to say, hey, you know, um, we've got this brand, we've done, you know, we get this amount of sales. Um, we know if you can become an advocate, uh, you can get 30% of every, you know, sale that you send, um, no long-term obligation. Why don't you try it out? Um, you've got nothing to lose, you know, something like that. You want to be to the point, you want to let them know what it is you're offering. And, you know, of course you don't necessarily have to specifically reference anything specific that they've done before. But, you know, it it can help to kind of at least get some opens on the the email or the message. But um, I think that's really the main thing. You want to be straight to the point. Let them know what they off what you're offering. And, you know, at that point, it's really kind of up to them. What's a good subject line? Uh, I would say a good subject line would be something like, um, you know, you, you got to be creative, of course. I, and I've, I've heard two different schools of thoughts on, on subjects lines where I know some marketers say, you know, if you don't have the right subject line, uh, oh, you, you're never going to get an open. But then I've recently heard more uh, schools of thought where they're saying, you know, don't don't really spend too, too much time on that as long as it's, you know, straightforward and, and, and to the point. So maybe an example would be like, um, you know, 
promote XYZ um, and earn, you know, you don't earn 50% commission. You know, it's something as, as simple as that. Um, or, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, and the thing is, one of the things that I've seen over time is, you know, there's no single message that's going to resonate with all people. And that's one of the things that you have to be uh, aware of that, you know, that particular example message may resonate with some people. Maybe right. somebody may appreciate scanning through their inbox and just saying, oh, OK, you know, what can I get for this? And immediately seeing that, honing in on that. You got to know, you know your audience. My wife yeah. tells me all the time whenever I like give the use the wrong joke in the wrong crowd. Just like you, you got to know your audience there, big guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if you've got, you know, you could take it, take this, you know, a very. Uh, you could try to take a, a cutesy approach, which could backfire wildly, or people will love it. Depends on the person. So you could say, um, uh, sh- uh, something here, here, um, something awesome to share with your audience. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I'm, I, I already know it's going to be a pitch. Um, but maybe I get into it or I like, like all, when I invite people on the podcast, one of my favorite subjects line is, care to share your awesomeness question mark like mm-hmm. it's like it's, some people may think that's obnoxious uh other people are gonna be like oh okay check it out uh, you know so again know your audience um and then you want to open it with so using the format you laid out we want to keep it brief but actionable so we'll say hey first name um i let's say you're pitching to me i just listened to your most recent episode of the unofficial shopify podcast log type subscriber um and you know i I loved loved hearing Arlen talk about affiliate marketing. Um, I've got we've got an opportunity for you to share this software that we know will make your audience's life easier. So they're gonna make it about the recipient, mm-hmm. make their their life easier. And if you want to share it with them, great opportunity. We'll give the give you we'll give them a special deal. You can they can get ten percent off. So you look like a hero, and we will give you thirty percent of everyone who signed up. Um, so that you get compensated for your time. Feel free to say no. So I always, I like when people invite the no. Paradoxically, it makes it more likely that they say yes. Say, feel free to say no. But if it sounds like an interesting opportunity, I'd be happy to send over more details. Just reply with a thumbs up. Oh, so now I've got a clear call to action at the end. I've invited the no, which I think is polite because people are busy. Um, and you're acknowledging that and just made it so easy where, I look at it at a, and you're right. Like keep it straight to the point. I look at it. I go, okay, this guy does know my audience because he's listened to the show. He does. Um, he's got an opportunity that benefits my audience and benefits me. And it's clear what they're getting out of it. More subscribers. And finally, he's making it so easy for to me to go forward. I literally just have to reply with one character, the thumbs up emoji, or right. plus one. Done. Send. Right. Um, that's going to be the kind of thing that. I go, yeah, that is a good opportunity. That is what I should do. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, and for sure. And then, and on, in addition to that, you you want to just get it. So you don't want to get too deep into it as far as you know, listing out. Okay, what are the terms of this right. program? You know, the nitty gritty, all of that. The main thing with the initial email that you have to keep in mind is that you're just looking to see who was going to give you an, any type of initial response and then take it from there. The next messages after that, you know, you're going to have to tailor, of course, uh, depending on what they say. Uh, you know, maybe they're going to want a little bit more information about you, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more specifics on the terms. How often are they going to get their commission? You know, things like that. Those are things you can, of course, you don't have to include in the first message. The first message, like you said, is just for them to, just to get a positive reaction. Exactly. Once you get that positive reaction, then you can you really take it to the next level and then kind of come up with a custom response based on who they are, what they've said and, you know, what other questions they may have asked. That makes total sense. And none of this – there is nothing crazy or hard about any of this or any of the tools that you would use. It is simple, simply a matter of putting in the time and the effort. And I think that's right. why – that's what stops most people. Um, so that's going to get us our, our influencers and our brand ambassadors, you know, mm-hmm. our – our big people. Then we have all of our other customers. Do we want to make this program available to everybody? Um, is that worthwhile? It's really a good question. Um, you know, and it really just depends on what it is that you're selling. A lot of the customers that I talk to that are that use our software, what they'll do is they'll come up with two different types of programs. Well, they'll come up with something structured, you know, just for their customers. 
Um, because you do have to think about the fact that if your customers are promoting it with their friends and, and amongst their family members, you know, there may be certain messaging that may, may need to be a little different than a, a campaign or a program that you set up, you know, for those affiliate marketers that are are sending it out to people that they don't necessarily know. So, you know, that's two different types of messaging. So that that's usually what I see. Um, so I, I would say it's you don't have to do one or the other. You just need to make sure if you're opening up to your customers and just affiliate marketers, anybody that's not necessarily a customer, you, you keep your messaging in mind and the things that they're going to be using to promote is going to need to be a little bit different. Um, so that's that's really the main thing to keep in mind with that. Okay. Cool. I, I, I'm excited. I'm ready to start my affiliate marketing program. Where do I go? What do I do? Uh, well, the first thing you want to do is think about, uh, you know, the platform, you know, there's a, a ton of platforms. You mentioned some at the beginning, of course, we, there's always affiliate software, our platform Plug it. is a, Why? Is a, no, is a solid you got a platform. Bunch, there's a whole bunch of them. Many are good. What, yes. why am I going with OSI? Pitch me. I would say definitely you would go with OSI because for one, I mean, we we've been in the game before affiliate marketing was even a, a catch word that most people are familiar with. So we've we've kind of been in the weeds for quite a while. And because of that, we've fine tuned a lot of the uh, the, the features and the offerings that, um, you know, that are common amongst all of uh, affiliate software platforms. And one of the things that actually. Um, kind of super excited about it, that we're in on the verge of, of launching with one of our upcoming updates is and it's really timely. It, it's it's a way for any business that gets our platform to be able to hone in on who those top customers are. And that's via an email survey oh, cool. where they basically will be able to uh, import a list of their customers emails or anybody in their database into the system and send out a one question survey, basically just asking people, how likely would they be to recommend their friends and and, uh, and family on a scale from one to 10? It's a common email. A lot of people use this, but it is a great way to identify who your top advocates are. And then based on their responses, you can basically shuffle them or direct them into a specific area. This is a, a new solution that we're coming out with. We're really excited about. Uh, we're going to be launching it within the next couple of weeks, but it's going to be considered, I guess you could say, an add-on product. It can even be used standalone, even if you don't have our platform, but a, a great way to, to hone in on those right people. So, you know, of course, all of those people that respond with, you know, numbers that are at, at the nine and 10 level, those are going to be people that you want to definitely say, you know, we've got this referral program, go ahead and get signed up. People on the lower end of the spectrum could be, uh, you know, um, borderline people at the very beginning that respond negatively. Those are people that, believe it or not, you still have. A, there's still a lot of value in them because what you want to find out is, all right, this person responded. He gave me a one or a two. Why did they do that? You know, what was the problem that they had with my product or services? So this will give you the opportunity to address any issues that you've got with your products or services, any process problems or improvements that you can make. So yeah, those people, people who are, really, are yeah, people are who are upset with you, those if you can if you can reach out, go above and beyond, say, hey, you know, I saw this, I'm concerned about it. I want you to have a, a good experience. What happened? What can we do better? That kind mm -hmm. of thing. Really uh, if they have you know if it's a something you could solve for them, if you could empathize with them, those are the people who can often become true fans as well. Right. For, for sure. For sure. And uh, yeah. And so because of that, yeah, that, I would say with that, that feature, we're really excited about. We think between that and our and our solid uh, back end affiliate software between the two, you really have all of the tools that you need to be successful with affiliate program. You know, you have a mechanism to manage it. You have a an add on solution that you can use to help you identify those top advocates. And, you know, second and thirdly, uh, you know, very affordable. Our plans start at um, under 40, uh, 47 a month uh, or our basic plan. Um, so very easy to, to set up. And uh, we uh, we feel that we've got some of the best support all around. Um, our support team is available 24-7 uh, via email. Who's the, who's the biggest the biggest brand using it? Biggest brand that's using our software is going to be incorporate.com. They provide business incorporation services, and they've done that for over 1 million 
businesses world uh, world worldwide actually uh, so they're similar to companies like LegalZoom where they if you're looking to set up a business corporation and you need the legal paperwork done they provide that uh, they would be at the top of our brand uh, top of our list as far as top customers we even have some other retail customers uh, um, that use our solution I saw a Tri- on there uh, yeah they, they, that, that is correct they are um, customers of ours and also pride bites pridebites.com they were actually featured on shark tank for all of you um, shark Tank fans the ABC show uh, with the entrepreneurs um, they provide personalized pet products on their online store and they've been successful with our affiliate software solution for quite some time. They actually did get a deal on Shark Tank, by the way, um, cool. with two of the sharks. Uh, for those people that are familiar with it, um, Lori and Robert teamed up and uh, invested in their company, and they are doing well. Congratulations. All right, last question. Where can I go to learn more about you? Uh, sure. A uh, couple things. Um, for those people that are listening that have Shopify, they can easily take a look at our Shopify app profile by just going to getosi.com forward slash Shopify. Uh, again, that's getosi.com. It was an Oscar. S is in Sam, I is in ice.com forward slash Shopify. And it'll take you right to our profile page on the Shopify app store. For those of you that do not have Shopify, you can just go straight to our website, which is osiaffiliate.com. You can find out all about us and um, any business that is looking to get started. We'd be glad to help you out. You have... You have been full of of great wisdom. That twenty years of experience was showing a whole bunch of clever, good uh, uh, key takeaways there. Thank you, appreciate it. It's not a problem, Kurt. It has been a pleasure being on the podcast, and I, I definitely appreciate the opportunity. I'm glad that I could be of uh, of service to your audience. Before we go, I wanted to tell you about our friends at Zapiet who helped make this episode possible. Have you ever wanted to offer local pickup in your store? Or how about scheduled local deliveries? Zapiet's easy-to-use app helps thousands of merchants do just that, offer store pickup and delivery to their Shopify customers right in their store. They've just launched a massive update that adds a ton of new features. To learn more about it and start your 14-day free trial and get 10% off if you stick with it, head to zapiet.com podcast. That's Z-A-P-I-E-T dot com slash podcast. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.